Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time to talk jazz basketball. With the radio play-by-play voice of the Utah Jazz, David Locke. With Hans Olsen and Scotty G. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Ninety-seven five twelve eighty, the Zone and the Zone Sports Network. That's Hans Olsen. I'm Scott Gerard, and on the phone with us right now, the one and only David Locke. Hey, David. Hello, guys. How are you? I'm good. Good. How are you doing? Are you decompressing a little bit after the draft? Yeah, there's a little less to do every day. I'm still finding a way to keep myself very busy, but it's good. Who do you think got better via trade or via draft? Who made the biggest steps? Uh, or the biggest improvement uh, from last week? Well, I think the 76ers, obviously, because they they finally got a marquee piece. Um, And uh, it would seem the Lakers got better in the sense that they got a marquee piece. And then after that, I would probably go the Jazz would be third on my list. I don't think there's anyone else in this draft that I feel is a really big uh, game-changer uh, in regards to just you know changing the landscape of a franchise, other than possibly those two, I just didn't have another player. Um, I thought I liked Jamal Murray. I thought that's a good get for Denver. I'm kind of funky on how their roster sits, so I'm not sure where they're going uh, with all that. And then the question would be Oklahoma City or Orlando. Um, and I don't think the Thunder got better. Uh, I, I'm not sure. I think it's. I think the move makes sense if they weren't going to re-sign Ibaka, but I just still don't think it makes them better. I don't like their roster composition as it sits right now. And Orlando probably got better since they had the best player of that deal. But uh, to the point also, I, I'm not sure I, I'm not sure I like their roster composition. I, I'm a little confused on what the Magic are doing, um, and a little bit confused on, on how they're moving forward and what's you know very difficult. We're seeing it ourselves on how hard it is to kind of rebuild. I'm not sure what they're doing uh, exactly in Orlando right now. So I would I would say the two obvious, the guys, and they got better on the day of the lottery. And so then I would say the Jazz with the addition of George Hill uh, probably was the one team who's dramatically different. David, there were a lot of storylines going on that night that we were all on air together. One of the storylines was that the Jazz were trying to get back into the first round. Have you gotten any more information on how close they got and how hard they tried? It's hard to say. I, I know they tried really, really hard. I do know that. I've heard that from both uh, from all around the well, league, and Dennis um, Dennis has publicly said that too that they tried. Uh, I'm trying to remember the word um, exceptionally hard to get into the first round. So I said on the broadcast, I think with you, Scott, right when I, I did my uh, check in with you, yeah, that I thought that it was going to be that the way the draft was playing out uh, was going to make it in, very difficult to get into 
the late part of the first round because the middle section of the, the kind of 10 to 15 were just kind of these surprise picks from Thon Maker to the Greek kid to, to all that. And so that meant that there were just guys slipping. And when guys start to slip, what ends up happening is the teams that hold that pick, regardless if they're going to take the play of it slipping or not, they suddenly think the picks are that much more valuable. Uh, than it was before because they think, oh, look, guys have slipped. Now you need our pick. And and so I thought as that was happening, it was clear to me it was going to be very, very difficult for the Jazz um, to get in in there. Um, and, you know, it's, it's surprising to me a little bit. Um, what I know about the Jazz, I think they probably would have been really willing to try to grab either Philadelphia's two picks. I'm a little surprised Philadelphia wasn't willing to give those up, but I guess they just feel they need to add viable players here and now. How surprised were you that the Jazz ended up using all three second-round picks, and they're all guys that you know can either contribute on the team next year or the Stars? I mean, all college kids, not any uh, you know drafting stash. Well, there were three guys I think they had, or maybe only two that they really were considering draft and stashing, um, and they didn't. The picks didn't line up in a way for them to be able to use it. Um, they could have, I think, used one of them that I'm aware of on on their first pick. So that must tell you that they like the Weber State kid um, because they didn't use. I was surprised. I think if I recall. I was expecting that pick to be a, a draft and stash, and then and then they took Joel instead. So they may they must see something in him that they think is is worth grabbing, and then maybe the draft and stash guys. You know, hey, if the guy's not good, it's not worth tra- tra- uh, taking him. Uh, and and there is some point where those picks are important to try to make the stars a an interesting and viable product. But you lose the rights to them. I think that's worth remembering, as the collective bargaining agreement is now. If the Jazz release Marcus or cut Marcus Page or Tyrone Wallace and they go to the stars, they're now available to be picked up by any team in the NBA. The Jazz don't have rights of first refusal or anything like that on them. So, uh, you know, you draft those guys and you do get the right to put them in your D-League franchise, but you don't have any, um, you know, rights to them for the, from a franchise standpoint. I like Wallace a little bit, by the way. I think he's not an elite athlete. Um, Norman Powell's probably a better athlete. There's just some aspects to Wallace's career at Cal that I like um, and the way he's evolved year to year differently that makes me think he could uh, change himself into an NBA player if he can figure out how to shoot. So if if you've got a player like, all right, so any of the second round picks that doesn't make your roster and you you essentially place him on the uh, Stars team, then he's fair game for anybody? Yes. Oh, okay. Interesting. That's good to know. Uh, if, you, if you if you keep him on your fifteen man roster and you assign him to the stars, yes, then he's your property. But if you release him and then he goes to the stars because he was your draft pick, he's anybody's property. What are your early thoughts on Ball and Boy? You been able to watch any film on him? I have not, um, so I don't have a lot of thought. I don't know. I mean, I read a lot about him and I've talked to people about him. Randy Ray certainly sells a good story when he was on with Jake the other day. Um, but I, I have not watched him a great deal. I figure that I'll make my evaluation starting at 10 a.m. on July 1st or something of that nature. It's not the first Friday, yep. the first practice. Indeed. There are some free agency things that need to be straightened out, David. And one of the main keys or the main cogs, of course, is going to be Kevin Durant. Golden State is still rumored to be a potential landing spot for Kevin First of all, I don't think that should be legal. Secondly, is is it really a potential? And what do you think is going to happen with Kevin? 
very real. All of my sources uh, and people I talk to, and some of these are really good, um, tell me this is very real. In fact, you know, I, I would suspect had the Spurs beat the Thunder, um, that it almost would have been guaranteed. Now, there's a little bit of a different dynamic here in the sense that uh, you know, they played each other in that series, but and so it seemed like he couldn't go, but then they didn't win. The Warriors didn't win it, so maybe he can go, and he helps push him over the edge. Uh, I feel – so this is this is interesting. I, I, I was talking to um, Fred Katz, who's the Norman transcript writer for the Thunder, who will be hosting Locked on Thunder, and he was saying he really thinks Durant's going to resign – with Oklahoma, and I was saying that everything I've read from him since the end of the season makes me feel otherwise. Everything up to the season has made me feel as though he would resign, but now since the season's ended, he just has had plenty of opportunities, I feel, where he could have kind of put Oklahoma City ahead of everyone else, and he hasn't done it. And now his latest thing about how it's you know it's who I'm playing with that really matters. Um, you know, it's interesting. And I, and I have to say... One I think is most interesting is the idea that he's me- he's giving the Clippers a meeting. Yeah, because I think Doc Rivers could sell you a car without tires. That's the one thing he can do. There's no doubt about that. And so then you have him with Chris Paul, who Durant admires, and you have Blake, and you have Durant. I mean, and if Durant goes and takes the Clippers to a title, well, he would get the credit for it. Yeah, that's true. And you bring a, I mean, it's got the same, you know, you bring, you, you're the guy that brings a title to the Los Angeles Clippers. That's, uh, if you're an historian of the game, a guy who brings a title to that franchise, that, that, right. that carries a little bit of weight there. And, you know, if Durant's a businessman, I'm sure Ballmer can win the room too with oh, all yeah. the Microsoft ties, regardless of, I don't expect Durant to have read the fan, Vanity Fair article about how Ballmer destroyed that company. But uh, I, I do think that Ballmer could probably move the room a little bit with who he is. You're talking about being in L.A. I don't know. I think that one, some interesting aspects to it here. I mean, I think the move to Oakland's interesting. The move to L.A. is interesting. Maybe what happens if Durant decides to be the first free agent and actually decides to go to New York? Yeah, that's that was going to be my next question. You know, if he ends up playing for New York – then obviously things get really interesting there. But let's just say, let's just say they uh, they end up signing uh, Joe Kim Noah to that team. Um, you know how how much expectation should we have with the Knicks and Jeff Hornacek next year? Well, Derrick Rose came out of my pack rating as the third worst offensive player in the league last year. Only Emmanuel Mudiay and Kobe Bryant had a larger negative impact on player on offense in the NBA last year. So. Uh, unless Derrick Rose comes back as a totally different player than he has been for two years and changes his his efficiency and how he uses possessions, the Knicks will not be good. Hey, what happens with Dwight Howard? Really curious, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know. What's There's the- so much money on the market. I mean, he'll get a max deal, but I mean, it's not going to be a Kevin Durant laundry list of teams, will it? Or will everybody still line up for him? I don't know. I mean, I, if you're Washington and you're the Wizards, you're not going to get Durant. 
and you have John Wall and Bradley Beal, do you suddenly think Dwight Howard makes a big di- makes a huge difference for you? Sell some tickets, I guess. I mean, on the right team, he's probably still good enough to make an impact. Is he good enough to turn you into a title contender? I'd probably go with no there. Uh, though that Houston situation was awfully dysfunctional, and he was pretty great in the playoffs two years ago. So, and the people I know in Houston don't put a lot on his shoulders. Really? Hmm. They really don't. So, I think you'll get a max offer. I think the curious one's going to be how many years he gets. Is anyone going to be able to get him a max offer and not have to give him off, give him four or five? David, Brian Russell's back at it. And I don't know if you saw his quote. I'll read you his quote, and then I want to get your opinion on it. This is what he said. He said this earlier today on SiriusXM. He said, everybody is always comparing the Golden State Warriors to the Chicago Bulls. Can they beat them? They couldn't beat the Bulls in any era. Matter of fact, they couldn't even beat the Utah Jazz team that I played on in any era because we had this one guy down low. His name was Carl Malone. Who are you going to put on him? Draymond Green? Andrew Bogut? Please don't say Festus Azili. Who's going to guard me? Let's be honest. I'll post up Clay Thompson or Steph Curry. And I pretty much consider myself having some pretty good defense. It took a push-off to beat me. <laughs> that's, that's a quote by Brian Russell. So next time we go through a circumstance where there's a player like Brett Favre and we're wondering whether they should retire or not, and we're all talking about their legacy and they should retire because they should go out. Clearly, retirement sucks. Oh, yeah. If you're a professional athlete. You're really bored. Clearly. (laughs) If we haven't learned anything else all year, having once had 19,000 people cheer for you and now have to go to the grocery store and nobody cares if you grab the Campbell's can of mushroom soup correctly and put it in your and dunk it into your uh, shopping cart and give you a standing ovation. It is clear that there are a lot of people that really need a lot of just retirement socks. It's very obvious this year. You're not you're not playing along, are you? I mean, I mean, it's an interesting idea. Of like on the first part of it was. For for a moment or two, I was engaged. Yeah. And then there was this twist in the conversation where I got very disengaged. Um, I mean, it's really interesting. So I mean, it's an interesting take, as far as styles go. Right. Yeah. So you take the Sloan cross screen offense with Malone in the post, going up against a spread three point shooting team, and you know who gets the best of it, and that's I think, you know, that's an that's an interesting. Uh, a matchup in a lot of ways. So they have I, I the, think that, that's an interesting X's and O's debate and argument that I think would be worth a conversation. Um, you know, the rest of it was, I hate to go look, I don't even know, but I hate to go look at certain players' shooting percentages in key playoff series. Hey, uh, you know the, uh, and I know, well, actually I know the because I, I think you uh, gave them uh, an approval once on their website, but uh, what if sports... Yeah, I just I just ran the ninety seven ninety eight Jazz against the two thousand fifteen two thousand sixteen Golden State Warriors. Uh, final score: Golden State one ten, Jazz eighty two. Oh, jeez! Holy cow! Yeah. Wait, what's this from, Scotty? It's called What If Sports. 
where they uh, use uh, they draw from BasketballReference.com and uh, try to simulate a game. Using it's all analytics and yeah, statistically and based. yeah. I mean, Carl Malone did have twenty point seventeen rebounds in that game. Uh, Stockton had five points, dished out four assists. Let's. Well, who got a hold of him? I don't know. Uh, Steph Curry went for twenty seven. Well, I mean, Clay Thompson would guard John Stockton. We saw that a thousand times when it's hard for John when Scotty Pippen and Ron Harper and big guys got on him. Yeah. How was uh, that Utah Jazz team? I was their perimeter defense because I obviously you know you go to you go to that for a lot of your answers. And it was probably well the the effort level was fabulous and the commitment to it was extreme. You know Jeff and John at that point of their careers. That's probably the weakness of the team. You know PK's got a theory that the uh, that the actual the best Jazz team was the one that took the Lakers to seven games in the late 80s. Uh, I might argue that the best Jazz team was the one that lost to Olajuwon in the first round of playoffs. Yeah, in, 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 in 94. Was that 93 yeah. or 94? Yeah, Hornacek's on that team, right? Yeah, yep. Yeah, they're all a little younger, a little fresher. Um, they, you know, they lack some of the experience. I mean, and the best team is the one that just, you know, steamrolled into the finals and swept the Lakers and, um, you know, I, I would say. But that, the team that probably had the best chance to win the title is the one that lost in the first round of the Rockets. My memory is Benoit missing a bunch of threes. Yeah. All right, David. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, we look forward to catching up with you uh, next week when uh, you will be doing uh, Summer League games. We will be. What day? Do we, well, next week, July 4th is on Monday. Yeah, we won't be doing the show. We'll have the Summer League game that night. Hey, you know what, though? Uh, we are doing the uh, what we kind of discussed, where every show is going to get a quarter for the game on July well, 7th. Because um, yes, I work for the greatest organization in the NBA, by the way. So we're probably going to, uh, maybe after the fact, and when you get back in town, maybe uh, do a little on-air evaluation of uh, each oh, one of the God, shows. I, no, 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 no. <laughs> Forever have me hated by all hosts on the station? No, I, I, I think it would go over very well, actually. I think it would be very mm, well received. Sure it would. Sure yeah. it would. Mm-hmm. Is Maybe. that like when you told Jenny that you had a goldfish in your dorm room at Utah State oh, and it really no. would be just fine if she came up to see it? No, okay, stop. No, That's, <laughs> that's unnecessary at this point. Wait, what happened? <laughs> Nothing. Well, what's that story? There's no story there. No, hold on. Is there a story there? No. No story. <laughs> David? What's the story? <laughs> How come I haven't heard this story? Well, ask Gordon Monson. He'll tell you about it. Yeah. Um, that was the nickname. <laughs> well, you know, it's a different time, different era. All right. Thanks, David. We appreciate it. Time, yeah. time for you to go now.